Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. So we're going to get some of his word, and we're going to have a, a, a change in our lives and have a change that is going to make an eternal impact, not only in us, but those around us. Because what we're talking about um, is, is so, so vital for life in the sense of faith. We're talking about a, a, a word that is so misunderstood as far as what the Bible teaches concerning faith and what religious viewpoint is of faith. And so what we're doing is, is we're looking at what exactly is this for us to be able to have the supernatural in operation. Listen, if, if we put aside supernatural, we're just people trying to be morally good and accomplish things to our ability. What, what do we need church for? That's what we're doing right now, right? That's what we're doing right now. Well, you can maybe subtract some of the moral stuff, but I mean, that's what you're doing. You're doing what you can do. Be that all you can be, right? But see, that's not what, what we're studying and seeing in the scripture. What we're seeing in the word of God is, is God wants us to operate in his kingdom. His kingdom is not my old kingdom. His kingdom is his kingdom, and it operates through faith. And that's why he says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, how do you get faith? It's very simple. You call on the name of Jesus. You believe in Jesus. You accept him in your life. Jesus is my Lord. I now have his faith in me. I have his faith in me. You, if you've received Jesus, have his faith in you. You don't have his watered-down faith or his leftover faith. You have his faith in you. You have God kind of faith in your life right now. And that's where we need to get that understanding that we have the ability. Now, remember, faith is the substance of things hoped, confidently expected. Faith is the substance of things confidently expected. Faith is the substance, tangibility, of confident expectation. So confident expectation produces substance supernatural into this natural. And this is where our, our, our issues lie is because we don't, we're not used to supernatural. We're used to natural, natural effect, okay? Natural effect. We're operating now in a, in a place of supernatural effect. Supernatural affecting the natural. This is what we're all wanting. We're all wanting this to be happening in our lives. And it's what separates us from the world because the world doesn't get the supernatural like this. They have to have natural with natural. And so this is showing us that this should be an operation because out of the mouth of Jesus, he said, only 
believe. Talking to people that are not born again, they have not received Jesus as Lord, they're living in the time that Jesus is on this earth. But what did Jesus say? He said, the kingdom has come. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is here now. What, what kingdom? His kingdom. And his kingdom operates by faith. So what does he do? He says, engage in faith. Now, do they have God's faith in them when Jesus was on this earth? No. Well, then I'm missing it. What's the deal? What the deal is, is this. Jesus has brought the kingdom to them now. God's kingdom operates by faith. We are operating in God's faith because it has been given to us the measure of his faith. We now operate, have the ability to operate in that faith. The people living in Jesus's time can now believe or have faith because did he not talk to the, the, the captain centurion over, over, the, over a Roman uh, army? And the Roman centurion says this, don't come, you don't need to come. You don't need to spend time coming to my place to heal my servant. Speak the word and it's done. Speak the word and it's done. Now, what is he operating by? By his great biblical understanding? No, there's no Bible. By his great understanding of, 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 of the, the, the scrolls of, of the Pentateuch? No. What, what is he going by? He's going by his love for God and his people in his understanding. He chose as a Roman to believe in the God of Israel. And so he favored the people in helping them. He built even them a temple. So this guy is operating. He's a Roman soldier, but he's looking at a viewpoint differently than what other Roman soldiers. They were looking at Caesar as God and all kinds of other lower and higher deities. But this guy made a different choice. Now listen to how he operates. He says, just speak the word. Then he defines why. And he says, I am a man of authority. Now pay attention because what this picture is showing us is that this man is going to be mentioned beyond any other person in the New Testament to where Jesus marvels Whoa! And says, I have not seen such great faith anywhere. That's what he says. Marvels, whoa! I have never seen this great a faith in operation in all of Israel. Now think about that. A Roman soldier, he's not born again. He did not receive Jesus as Lord. He didn't bow down and I say, I believe, I believe. He said, 
I see your kingdom authority. I operate in my kingdom authority. I say, do that, and they do it. I say, go over there, and they go over there. I understand authority. I see your kingdom, and you see, you say, heal, set free, delivered, and it happens. Your authority is what I need to fix the problem in my house. Stay the word, Jesus, and it will be done. And what happened? His servant was healed. By what? The centurion's great faith. What did I say? Roman, not even a Jew, isn't going to the temple daily and praying to God. He understood kingdom authority. Please listen to me. We're now a part of his kingdom. We're not in it, just in it. We are a part of it. We're involved in the kingdom authority. And he says, when you can believe, believe how? Just like this centurion. If Jesus said it, it's a done deal. See, we're different than him because he has to put his faith on the authority and the word of Jesus as that power to operate. Every person healed in, in, in the pictures we have in scripture, we're operating in faith toward the power of Jesus. All of them in the power of Jesus, right? It, not, not in their power. Jesus said, great faith have you have. To the, to, to the centurion, he says, your faith has made you whole. To the woman issued blood. To people, your faith, your faith. What did it? Faith in faith, your faith, faith where? Faith in the power of Jesus. Are you guys hearing this? During the time of Jesus, it was in the power of Jesus. The belief of faith that it can and will happen. Jesus is gone, but we're not living in Old Testament time. Now we're living in New Covenant. New Covenant is we have that same power that raised Christ from the dead living in us. The problem is, is we have this other life that was trained in this life. So we don't automatically just get it. We got to fight the fight of faith in our belief. This is the process. This is what everybody has to deal with and go through when you receive Jesus as your Lord. Sometimes it takes a long time. Some people, it'll never happen because you have so much religion, so much stuff in you that's, that's hindering and holding you back. There's, there's Christians that self-sabotage themselves because of bad doctrines, because of wrong teachings. They miss out on so much. And here we are. I mean, I don't know about how many of you, but there were many, many years in my life when I doubted quite a bit. I'm going to help you not doubt. I'm going to, no, no, no. I'm going to help you win over doubt. I'm going to help you win. Because some of you right now, you have doubt. 
You don't proclaim it. You don't say it that way because doubt having it carries an anti-Christian mindset. If, I'm da- if I doubt, I'm a bad person. If I if I'm doubt, I'm not in faith. You're not in faith right now. But see, this is the Christianese. And I want us free. I want us being in the position of realizing the fight is not the, the fight is not the failure. Is there a fight without an enemy? What would be an enemy of faith? Well, you could use another F, fear, right? Doubt, doubt is from the root of fear anyway. But do you see what I'm saying? The, the, the challenge to faith is our training, um, fear. We're, we're, we're in this position where we're trying to figure it out. So it affects our ability to what? What is faith? It's confident expectation. In what? In what I believe according to what God's word says. Not, not my word, what God's word says. So I'm operating in, in a way where I have the ability to have this power working. See, Jesus doesn't have to come here. He already came here. Jesus hasn't, doesn't have to reappear to make things happen. He lives in me. The greater one lives in you. I know it's tough to understand because you're out living your life, doing all kinds of crazy things or all kinds of good things. So it's hard to understand him being there because why is it difficult? It, it, it's, there's a two-word answer for why it's difficult to understand that. Sin consciousness. That's the problem. We're constantly conscious of our bad or wrong, constantly. And because of that, we, because of a lack of foundational teaching, we assume because of all that bad stuff that Jesus is nowhere to be found because I'm a bad person. Isn't that true? Just, just raise your hands for someone else that ain't in church, right? It is. I dealt with it for years. I mean, years and years as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, I, I've, I've dealt with this stuff. I understand the turmoil. I understand the struggle. But I'm not that way no more. And so there's a lot of you in here that are the exact same way. You've been through that struggle. You've been through that process. But something's changed. What changed? How you understand the word. That's what changed you. The word's never changed. Your understanding has changed. The word's the word. No matter what, you're going to open that Bible and it's going to stay the same. So what I want you to do is I want you to understand this and recognize I'm going to get these results because they could get them. And the greater one lives in me. I have his faith. I have the ability to see the supernatural. Now, we're not talking about crazy, goofy stuff. In other words, well, I'm going to just believe God right now for a Mercedes. Mercedes, come. It didn't come. It didn't work. Those are idiots on YouTube that talk that way. All right? I'm telling you right now. Anybody that has 
just a good understanding of faith, they don't, we don't go that way. Now, could I get a Mercedes through faith? Yeah, but not the crazy, goofy way. Not like I want a Mercedes anyway. I don't want a Mercedes, all right? The point is, is I'm trying to say that it's, that's not the bad thing of wanting something like that. The thing is, is are you qualified to have something like that? That's a, the qualification trumps everything when it comes to receiving. Because what we do is we, we you know, I, I, I want a good man for a husband. I want a good one. And, you're, and you nasty. You don't qualify for good. Hey, do you all hear what I'm saying? You, you, you got to qualify. This ain't, this ain't about, you know, I, I want, I want, I want to gimme, gimme, gimme. My name's Jimmy. It don't work that way. But when you qualify, you get in line with what Scripture says. Then Scripture works. Give and it shall be given to you. Not give it to me. And one day I might give. It don't work that way. Receive, but you don't plan. You can't. It doesn't work that way. There are qualifications. God says, I give seed because you have need. Oh, it don't say that? Well, why, why not? God, God's trying to meet your needs. No, he says he gives seed to the sower. Qualification. That's all I'm saying. Qualification. Well, then what's your qualification for having anything? What Jesus did on the cross? You're qualified. Now you need to just follow the rest of his word. And that's where we get the freedom. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Well, I'm already free. Well, then why am I not free? Because there are things in my life that keep me bound, keep me doubting, keep me fearful. All I have to do is get the answers in those areas, and I'm free. Everybody understanding me? All right. So remember last week, I was talking about some of the examples in, in the word that Jesus shows us in the area of faith. Remember the guy with the, the child that, that since, since birth, his son has been demon-possessed with this thing that tries to kill him constantly. I, I can't even imagine something like that. It just, it's beyond my ability to imagine. But this guy was dealing with, and, it, and, and this father just wanted his son free for so long, and now Jesus is setting people free. As a matter of fact, when we saw this in Mark, and it's in Matthew, we've seen the picture where the disciples, not all of them, because Peter and James and John were with Jesus on a mountain. They're coming down off the mountain and you have the rest of the disciples that are arguing, fighting with the religious, the Pharisees. Now, it's a beautiful picture because what we're seeing is, is something that we need to pay attention to. Because that's in Mark 9, I believe, and Mark chapter 6, we need to pay attention to. Mark chapter 6 is what? And the disciples were filled with power from Jesus, and they went about healing, 
and casting out devils, casting out demons and healing. That's what they were doing. They were healing and casting out demons. Now this father brings a son because that's what they've been doing. The problem is, is they have a massive crowd now. They're popular. They're trending right now. These guys have been, no, they've been out there healing. They're not Jesus. They're the followers. They're disciples of Jesus. And they got healing. They got demons cast out. They're like going, yeah, hey, friend me, like me, subscribe. <laughs> That's what they're doing. And all of a sudden, the crowds are, ta- are, are coming to watch them. The Pharisees, the religious are coming. And this father said, please heal my son. And they're like going, hey, no problem. And the religious, you know the religious, they're not like going, ooh, we can't wait to see the healing. They're already trash talking them. There's never a time when Jesus gets around the religious where they keep silent. They instantly attack. I said they instantly attack. They don't, they don't, they're not waiting for Jesus. They instantly attack. So the Pharisees instantly attack. The crowd, they're just there. They're not like, disciples, disciples, we're for you. They don't care. All they want is to see special things. And if it doesn't happen, they'll turn on them in a second. So you know they've got this whole audience, this whole pressure system, and they get out of them. And it doesn't happen. We don't know if it was starting to happen. We just know that it didn't instantly happen. Because that's when I believe doubt came running in. Unbelief. See, there are times when in Scripture it says that very same hour. Or what about when Jesus said, get out to those devils. And they went, no. And he said, what's your name? Remember that? You guys don't remember those stories? We're legion, for we are many. Ultimately, Jesus did what Jesus did and cast them out. But the point is, it wasn't like that. Boop, they're gone. There was a warfare right there. And then Jesus went and said, hey, who are you? Now, that's interesting to see, but see, these are the disciples. It's not instantaneous delivery. Now, I believe without a doubt that automatically that demon's going to leave. Why? Because they've already been doing it, and God, Jesus gave them the power to do it. But it didn't happen right away. And so Pharisees, crowd, Boo, hey, it's not working. What's going on? And then they're sitting there going, uh, uh, go get out. You know, they don't have, they're, they're like right now in a position of something happened. And so now they're getting an argument, a fight. They're having this, 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 this turmoil in conversation. Jesus says, what are you arguing about? Father says, I came, I asked your disciples, cast out. And Jesus says, what? Well, they can't because it only comes out by prayer and fasting. No, that's religion. That's a lie. That's not the teaching of the subject. 
He says, unbelief. Unbelief is an operation. Unbelief. When the disciples took Jesus privately and asked him, why could we not cast them out? He said, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. And then he explained how to be free of unbelief. And he said, prayer, fasting. And if you look at the two terms, prayer and fasting, the other couple times in scripture has zero to do with anything about healing and demons. It has everything to do with getting that connection to God and your life connected with God at a higher level all the time. But this is what religion does. It turns it into a legalistic work mindset. It's just by belief, faith. And they got out of it because of what was around them. Circumstances are going to talk people. Remember the other story. We have the, we have, um, the, the guy, what's his name? Um, I got notes. I don't even know why. Jairus. Jairus, remember his daughter, 12-year-old daughter? She's, she's, she's sick to dying. She calls, she, he, he, he says, Jesus, please, my daughter's dying. I, she's my daughter. Can you please come heal her? And Jesus like going, all right, let's go. So they're on their way to what? Heal Jairus' daughter. He gets stopped in the middle of their journey by what? A woman of issue of blood, 12 years. 12 years, issue of blood. What happens? Jesus has power leave him. And we know the story. There's, there's a crowd of people and this woman that has this, this blood issue for 12 years has been to all the doctors, spent all her money. Anybody better in that position? You just, you don't have no more cash. They're sending your bills. You're like going, I'm, I'm dry. I'm done. And you didn't do anything anyway. Except send bills. I'm still not healed. I'm still not whole. And this lady says, if I can only touch, if I can just touch his clothes, it's going to happen. Now think about that. Look at the faith operating in her. What, what was that faith directed at? The power of Jesus that lives in you. So she reached out, touched her faith, supercharged, bam, hits her. Jesus said, power left me. <laughs> My gosh, this is awesome. And she's like going, <gasps> and Jesus turns around, sees her and says, woman, your faith, your faith has made you whole. And now he's in conversation with her. And you know what's going, you, you, what we would do. I'm healed. Jesus, I've been this way for 12 years. I've been to the doctors. That's why they know the story. She goes, I've been to all the doctors. I've gone to the specialists. I've been, wait, I, I've been in Mayo Clinic three times. And, you know, just, just I, I, I've done everything. I've done everything. And no one's had an answer. No one's been able to do anything but take my money. I'm healed now. And, and, that is going on. And then someone, circumstance, runs up on the scene while Jesus is talking. So what does circumstance show us? It has none of. It doesn't have patience. It doesn't have politeness. 
It wants to scream and talk, give up, quit. It don't belong to you. And what did the guy say? He said, don't bother Jesus. Your, your daughter is dead. What tact is that? Did we not just see in scripture where the crowd was in the Greek suffocating? That's not three people. That's not eight. That's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people crushing in on Jesus and the disciples on their journey to Jairus' daughter. Come on, somebody, listen to what we're talking about. So what happens? Interruption. And then the Bible says, and Jesus answered the father and said to him, what? He, let's look at that real quick. Luke 8.48, while he was still speaking, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Who are you? Right? I, I'm a father of two boys. No one, no one has a right to come to me and dictate to me, especially in this type of situation. No one. No one. Are you guys listening to me? Who is that someone that should be a no one that's talking to you? Who is it? Who's butting in to your conversation with Jesus and his word? I said, who's butting in? Who's coming in all bold with no manners whatsoever and saying, yeah, just listen to what I have to say. I don't care what Jesus is saying. I don't care what the word is sharing, what the word is doing in your heart and in your mind. I don't care. Listen to me. Stop it right now. Leave him alone. Death is at your door. It's done. I'm talking to a lot of people right now. Are you guys listening to me online? Listen to what I'm saying. They don't care about your feelings. It doesn't care about your future. It doesn't care about your life. These things are out to kill, steal, and destroy. You need to recognize that. You need to stand up in that position of faith and learn how to stand. Not stand barely. When you've done all to stand, stand. Military terms. It's in a, in a, in a concept, context of military terminology. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Right there, God's saying, get up there, big, bold. And when you do that, you're able to overcome these circumstances, situations that are screaming and crying in their perceived authority. Don't trouble the teacher. Jesus answered him 
and said. Why in the world, in the Bible, does it say answered him and said? Because the moment that guy said it, question arose. Listen to me. I can help you. I've been there and done that. My journey's filled with all this stuff. I'd rather you take you on a side trip. Let me take you in a different path where you don't have to go down that path I went through. Let me help you. I mean, wisdom dictates that. I've driven the road. I know what's down. I know it's down there. You've never been there. So let's go together and I'm going to show you a way around that mess. That's all I'm doing. I want to help you. Are you guys hearing me? I want to help you. So what happens is, is, is Jesus is listening to, to this wonderful story of faith. Now circumstance runs in and says, nah, stop it. Death is here. Don't pay attention to Jesus any longer. Leave him alone. Leave the word of God alone. See what the doctor said. Leave the word of God alone. See what everybody sees. Leave the, God, the word of God alone. See what you feel. You need an answer. Jesus answered the father and said. Why didn't it just say, and Jesus said? Because when circumstances are screaming out, doubt and unbelief are rising up. You have faith. The father have faith. He said, believe only. And the father's like going, let's do this. Believe only. Are you guys hearing me? Can you believe? And we're all going, yes, we can, we can, we can. Can you believe? Yes, we can, we can, we can. And then what happens? Big mouth shows up. I, I'm, I promise you. It's always going to show up in a position of faith when you're standing for your family, when you're standing for your marriage, when you're in the position of, of for your children or for, or, or for anything that, that's aligned with the kingdom and you're believing and everything's saying, quit, give up, ain't gonna work no more. What are you gonna do? You gonna listen to that big mouth or are you gonna listen to God's word? God's word's final say. I, I've committed that. God's word's final say. But what are you going to listen to? See, the thing is, is it, it's going to be talking. I, I mean, I, I can't stand in this man's place and say, I wouldn't have acted that way. I probably went, oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, I, I, it would have probably been like getting punched in the stomach. <laughs> what? And then Jesus answers. Answers what? He's answering what you need right now. What some of you have been through, you're, you're getting exhausted. Why? Because that's what it wants to do. It wants to run you around a mountain, run you around a pole. Run, it wants you to be like a dog and just sit there and go like this all day. What are you going to do? Bill after bill. Medical report after medical report. Gossip after gossip. Family member after just family, just wow, 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 wow. What are you going to do? We're going to keep listening to that or we're going to get off this merry-go-round and believe God. Jesus answered and said unto him, 
Do not be afraid. Only believe. And she may, will be made well. Do not be afraid. Only believe. What, what is, do you hear only believe, sir? No. Jesus is answering. What, what's in his head? Fear. What was in his head? Belief. I said, what was in his head? Belief. What's in his head now? Fear. Double-minded, according to James. Does not the scripture say that we read, we studied out, that when you ask of God, believe. Did, did it not say that? Believe. Let's look at it again before I move on. Believe. Let the person ask in faith. Locked in. Let them ask in faith with no doubting. When you go to God and you're standing in this position of faith and you're out there in this world and you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with, you get in a position of believing his word. No doubting, believing his word. I'm going to help you. Don't worry. Right now, you're, you, it's almost like, well, doubt means I'm out, right? Doubt means I'm out. But that's not, this is not teaching this. This is teaching faith. And then the doubt it's talking about is a foundational belief as well. In other words, it's not a fleeting word. It's not a simple word. It's not something where you're standing and a thought comes in. That's not what it's talking about. A double-minded person is a person with two belief systems. Not, not one belief and, well, can it? No, 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 it can't. That, that's not what it's talking about. I'm not, can, anybody, listen, are you hearing me? We're talking about a belief system and a belief system that you used to be used to. See, I, for, for the first six, seven years, I had a belief system that was contrary to the new one I was learning. So what did that mean? I was double-minded. That, that gave me the uh, ability to, to trip up, to, to have failure, because I had a new belief system and an old belief system. I had to finally remove the old belief system to be free from that control or authority in my life. I can have a doubt. I can have a thought, but that's not a belief. That's a challenge. That's something that's saying, oh yeah, well, let's see. We'll see. And, but belief rises up within me and says, no, 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 callate. Belief rises up because it's what I believe. Y'all can be challenged on your beliefs, but it's if you believe it, it don't have the ability. Why? Because it's not a foundational. Now, if it's foundational, the Bible makes it very clear. You will be unstable in your life, in everything in your life. I know exactly what it's talking about. 
Many of you in here, you're, you're on your journey and you're in the same process. There's instability in your walk. Some people, it'll last for years because they just won't let go of this religious stuff they have. And they keep fighting for it. Even though they know the word of God contrary to it. You know what that's tied to? I say it over and over. Identity. They have a bad self-image. Oh my gosh. It'll hold you down forever. That's why you have to know who you are in Christ. When you know who you are, whose you belong to, and you start seeing what this word says about you, it changes you. I don't have to chase the world or what the world has. I got everything I need. Got everything I need. Are you listening to me? So I'm going to win. I don't have another foundation, but I have, I have. It's been there before. I know what this is. And I'm saying, this is how you deal with it. See, I believe the enemy in his ability to lie and deceive gets believers that don't believe in the negative. They have a belief that Jesus is a healer and they have a covenant of health. But then a doubt comes in and the enemy tries to get you to believe that you do not believe that you are healed. That you do not believe that it is your right to be healthy and whole. He lies and deceives to make a doctrine in your life. But you don't actually believe that. But he's seeing what he can get by with. So he was going to say words and to find out, are you going to listen? And if he gets you to listen, he's going to keep adding to it and keep adding to it until you start questioning your foundation. Well, maybe God doesn't want me healed. You just broke. You have now came to a position of instability in your whole life. Is that crazy? Instability in everything you do. Now, I believe that the majority of you in here are not in that position, but you're in a position of questioning yourself because of a doubt, because of a feeling. And that's that big mouth. That's all that is. You don't believe it. You're in a warfare. You might be exhausted. You're not around the right people. I know when I get on this edge, people get all mad. Oh, I got to start choosing friends. You better, or they're going to they're gonna run your life. You need to get around the right people. You need to hear the right things. Because I guarantee you, you will. It's easy to find people that, that have unbelief. It's easy to find people that, listen to this, have excuses for you. It's simple. You don't have to. Ah, oh, come on. You don't need to. And, and I'm telling you. But we're going to win. We're going to operate in victory. Amen? So what happens? Well, he, he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. 
I believe. Help my unbelief, Jesus. Now, that's an interesting statement, but it's also an interesting act that Jesus says after his statement. We all know the story. Jesus then turns to them and says, well, if you doubt, you can't have it. You're double-minded. And he walks away. We know the story, right? Is that, is that in your Bible? Some of you are like going, wow, that's scary. <laughs> because you don't know the word. That's what I'm saying. That's I want you to know the word. I want you to be able to, everybody in unison go, heck no. No way. That's not in the Bible. A lot of you are going, Wow. No, what did Jesus do? He didn't say anything. Why? Because it didn't need to be answered. It wasn't something where this guy was in a position of, I have a doctrine, I don't believe you any longer. He was in a position of, my daughter's dead, and I mean, I don't know, are you going to go? I mean, I, I don't, it, it, since she's dead now, can you do this? That's the unbelief he's dealing with. And he says, don't fear. Only believe. He says, well, I believe. Help my unbelief. What was the answer to unbelief? What did he say? Come on, people. What did he say? I just told you what he said. Thank you. Come on, you guys. He said, don't fear. Only believe. What did Jesus say to the father, Jairus? Don't fear, only believe. I believe, help my unbelief. Why well, I already answered you. Don't fear. Are you, are you listening to me? What happens? Jesus goes to the daughter, wakes her up, and it's all good. Everybody else is saying she's dead. Jesus says, nah, she's sleeping. And what do they do? They ridicule Jesus. Can you imagine these people? What type of people are you hanging with? I'm just saying, well, I mean, come on. The third story, and that was the second of what we've been doing. The third story is about John the Baptist, someone we wouldn't think would be in this story. But he is, and we're going to see what in the world is going with John. Matthew eleven two. 2, when John heard in prison, everybody say in prison. When John heard in prison, John the Baptist is in prison. Now, let me give you a little backstory on John the Baptist. First and foremost, let me explain something to you about the prison thing. I'm not going to get into details on this. I'm just going to say this. It happened within six months to a year. We don't know exactly that he gets thrown in prison. John comes on the scene. He's baptizing people in the wilderness. Literally thousands of people are getting water baptized. Thousands of people are saying, I'm going to change the way I am. I'm turning my life around. And they're all getting baptized. This is what's going on John the Baptist. John the Baptist, brothers and sisters, was filled with the Holy Spirit six months in the mother's womb. No one ever, not even Jesus, 
had that happen. In the belly, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And three months later, was birthed on this earth. That is awesome. Awesome. This guy's, his, this guy's life was set apart to start the way for Jesus. And he comes on the scene, man. This, he's like gangbusters. He's like coming out there going, no, this is the way it's got to be. The only problem is, is he still got Old Testament. That's what he learns from. He, he read Jeremiah, Isaiah. He's got, Mali, he's got all these Old Testament scriptures in his life. He knows the word of God concerning the Messiah, the Savior of Israel, the Savior of the world. But he's still got Old Testament history in his life. So he goes after Caesar. What, no one told you to be Mr. Moral. No one told you to take care of the, the issues in government. And that's what he does. He goes after Caesar. Why? Because he married his brother's wife. And John the Baptist is going crazy on him. And he ends up in prison because of it. Ultimately, he's going to have his head cut off. Now, what we know, what we believe, just through the process of time, from six months to a year, he's out preaching and gets thrown in prison for two years. And then he's going to die. So he's on this earth for a period of time as far as where it impacted in his ministry. So listen to this. He's birthed with the Holy Spirit. He's set apart for God's work. The dude goes off as a child. He goes out in the wilderness with this Levite vow. And he, I mean, he's, he's not, he's not, he, he's way better at homeschooled. He's like living in his own zone with God. Out in the wilderness. You know the story. He's got camel clothes on and he eats honey and, and locusts for lunch, dinner, breakfast. I mean, that's John the Baptist. That's what we know of him. I mean, even Jesus says, what'd you go out there and look for? You're looking for a guy all GQ? Got, got his skinny jeans on? Everything all, yeah, look at him. No. He said, that guy wasn't a reed blowing by the wind. He was solid. He was preparing a path for me. That's what Jesus was, was communicating to people about John. So we got John the Baptist. He's all bold and all powerful, and he's doing his thing. But now it says in prison. And now he's in prison. He's been in prison for a long time. I made the way for the Messiah. I made the way for the Lord. And I'm sitting in prison. And no one cares. And no one's getting me out. And no one's fighting for me. John heard in prison what Christ was doing. He sent his disciples. Go ask him, are you the one who's to come? Or do we look for someone else? Who am I talking about? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. 
filled with the Holy Spirit in the mother's womb. John the Baptist recognized and understood his calling for the Messiah. John the Baptist, where John 3.30 says, and he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. John 1.6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light. He was sent to bear witness of the light. John said in John 1.29, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. John, looking at Jesus, behold the Lamb of God. Don't tell me he doesn't know who Jesus is. John 1 and 34, I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Don't tell me John does not know who Jesus is. Don't tell me John does not know Jesus is the Christ. Don't tell me. He has had nothing but God in his corner and the word of God in his life. And he's been doing what he's been called to do. He's in prison though. Luke 3, 22, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form. Like in other words, it wasn't a mist, like a bodily form ascended upon Jesus and a voice spoke from heaven. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. John baptized Jesus and then saw and heard. Don't tell me he doesn't know. Don't tell me you don't believe in Jesus. Don't tell me you don't have a walk with the Lord. Don't tell me you don't know his word. And then you can find yourself in a dark place. You can find yourself in a battle that's prolonged. You can find yourself in a circumstance that there are no answers. And some of you have seen that. And some of you are there. Literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people might even be in this position right now. And what happens? Is Jesus really real? Is this Bible thing true? Is God really God? I mean, I, I believed, I, I, I believed, I, and you forget all that has happened in your life because of that position of, I believe in you, Jesus. You forget about all that goodness. You forget about it because the circumstance has become so dark that you don't even see light anymore. Listen. If John the Baptist can question, what am I, what, why am I saying this? Because I'm trying to show you light at the end of the tunnel. I'm trying to help you understand that. Now, what's the answer? That's why we're here this morning. You said, Pastor, that you're going to give us the answer. Here's your answer. You ready for it? Because it's the answer to John. It's the answer for everybody to hear. It's the answer that we've been seeing in Scripture. It's the answer to be able to overcome doubt, to overcome a position where I've seen Jesus in person, and then and a year later I'm going, ah, is he Jesus? Is he really? That's where we're at. So what is the answer? Jesus is going to give us the answer. Are you ready for it? Are you guys ready for it? Three people. All right, we'll close in prayer. Are you, are you ready for it? All right. Thank you so much.
for your excitement. You ready? John 3.24, for John had not been thrown into prison. John 3.24, for John had not been thrown into prison. And then he says, I am not the Christ. He's speaking to the religious. I am not the Christ. I have sent, I was been sent before him. The bridegroom has come. I am the friend of the bridegroom. I hear him and I rejoice greatly because his voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He goes, I must decrease. He must increase. But I know his voice. I know his voice. I know his word. Are you hearing me? John is not in prison. What's the scripture? Why, don't he, why are you putting that in there? Because we need to see that. Out of prison. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. I'm in prison. What the heck? There's no such thing as Jesus. There's no such thing as the Bible. I'm just saying. Love Jesus healthy. Love Jesus whole. Sickness and disease. God just, he's mad at me. You gotta watch yourself, John. Are you becoming John? That's all I'm saying because out of prison, my joy, my joy. I, hey, he increases, I decrease. I'm all good. I'm just preparing the way for the bridegroom. Go, Jesus, go. In prison. Go ask him if he's the one. If not, we got to find the right one. Oh. <laughs> Jesus sees his disciples come to him, stands there. They come to him. Uh, sir, John has a question. No, you said. No, you said. Uh, he said... Are you the one or should we ask for someone else? Jesus like going, what? They said, John wants to know, are you the one? Oh, do we need to be looking for another one because you ain't the one? So we need to find the one. You know, John's in prison right now, Jesus. He's, you know, you guys blood and everything. Just saying. Some of that little miracle power, you know. You know what they're thinking. It's, it's, it's messed up. It's messed up. So his disciples say that, and what does Jesus do? He's going to help John. See, he doesn't give you answers what we want. We want the answer that Jesus says to the people when the disciples leave. John's disciples are going to get the answer to help, and then they're going to walk away with the answer. Jesus then is going to give them another statement that we all think should be the answer, but isn't. Y'all ready for this? This is what we think is going to be the answer. Poor John. He's, he's in jail. I, I, this is the first time I heard about it. Man, everybody come close. John is amazing. He's a great prophet. John is a great man. John is awesome. John is, just did a tremendous work in ministry. 
You guys have all gone see John and you've seen this powerhouse out there. Let me tell you something about John. There's no greater person than John, no greater than anyone born on this earth. Man, if I was his disciples hearing that, I'd be going, yeah, let's go tell John how awesome he is. Because that's what we want to hear. See, we don't want to hear the answer. And the answer is, is John quotes Isaiah, which John quotes and knows. And he says, disciples, come here. He goes heal a blind guy. He goes heal a lame guy. The lame guy walks. The blind eyes are open. Right there. It said in that hour, he started healing people. He said, go tell John what you saw, what you've seen me do. What, what is Jesus doing? He's saying, remind him of the word he knows. He was quoting these scriptures before I even came. He was quoting these scriptures before I even started to do my ministry. He knows the word. Jesus is getting John to focus on the word, not on the situation, not on the circumstance. Tell John what you've just seen me do. And this is what he says. He says, go and tell John, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor of the gospel preach to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. That's all Isaiah. That's everything John knows. And then he sends them off. And they're like going, all right, we, we're going to go tell them. Then he tells what everybody wants to hear. Poor baby, he's so awesome. We love John. See, that's what we lose victory. We want the Christian or the brother or the sister to, to pat us. It's okay. I know it's struggle, but it's okay. You're okay. That's garbage, people. But that's how religion is. It's so concerned about emotion. It's so concerned about if you say something, it might hurt their feelings. I know I'm not talking to anybody in here or out there. You know, the scripture makes it very clear that you are to correct instantly when you see wrong. Religious Christians hate that stuff. They don't like to hear stuff like that. I see it. It happens all the time because we, we just try to be polite, trying to be nice, and we'll hear some conversation that's totally unscriptural, completely unscriptural, and we'll sit there and just smile. You know what your response is? Correction. You know what the Greek word literally establishes for that word? Because Jesus said, he said, when he's talking about, remember that he talks about the millstone hanging around the person that's offending a young one. Then he moves in, he says, be careful, be watchful. And then what's he going to? He goes, if someone does something against you, forgive them. And, and if they repent, it's all good. I mean, we, we take care of it, it's all good. He goes off and he says, hey, oh, oh wait, 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 what are you done? If he does it again, and again, and what are you talking, three years, four years? Wait, what are we talking about? One day. He says, if he does it seven times, 
I want you to forgive him. If he comes to you and says, my bad. Now, what are we thinking? <laughs> Darn right, you're bad. Paya. <laughs> we're like going, yeah, you're bad. I mean, we're doing that after two, right? One, we're being good Christians. Two, we're like questioning your life. Three, we're like going, you ain't even a friend. There, there's no correction. Do not come, get away from me. But Jesus is establishing something for our lives. Something very important. But he's not talking about a non-believer. He's talking about, he's still in context of a believer, young believers, people that, are, that can have all kinds of issues in their life and they're gonna offend. They're gonna cause problems. What if someone is attacking us? What if someone, and he's answering the question, you know, if you're dealing with this, this is how you deal with it. But in the, in the position of forgive, the Greek language literally means put honor on. In the position of forgiving. And I looked at that word and I go, that is crazy. Why would I put honor on a person that keeps lying to me? Or keeps going, please forgive me. And they come back an hour later and they did something nasty again. And they come back and do it again and do it again. I want to put honor in that person. And then I realized, wait a minute. It's what the word teaches. And the word teaches in the area of correction, God loves in those he rebukes, reproves. So the position of honor is recognizing, honoring who they are to God. That's all you're doing. You're putting yourself in a position of, you know you're messing with me, but God loves you. Because they're believers. They're, they're not, they're, we're not talking about the world. And what do we get? We get people that they, they just challenge that stuff. Why? Because they don't want you to correct. They don't want no correction. They want everybody to stay off, stay wrong, using wrong speech, using wrong belief, using wrong faith, because it's Christianese, it's religious. Don't, don't say anything because it might offend them. Speak the truth in love. Reprove, rebuke in love. Not because you're better or more spiritual. Scripture shows that. It says you go to that person, you fix it, but don't act like you ain't never done it before. Right? That's what the Bible teaches. So what are we supposed to do? We help each other. I don't want to agree with your false belief or your, your wrong doctrine. I want to help you. That's all I want. I want to help you. The tendency is that we get false doctrines communicated and everybody's getting there going, <laughs> and there's people that know it's wrong, but we're just accepting it. Why? Because we don't want to, it's, it's why it's, I don't want to hurt the person. Failings, I mean, this is what they believe. Then you don't love them. You don't care about them. We can't be that way. I want you healed. I want you living in this life of health. And if you got a problem with me saying, quit it, stand up and believe. Well, then go to the person that says, die or suffer but I love you. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm going to be guilty of egging you on to be the best you can be. I'm going to be guilty. Of that. I'm going to be guilty of the one that says you fight the fight of faith. And you don't quit and quit talking that way. I'm going to be guilty of that. I'm guilty. I guess I can't be your friend. If you don't want someone like that, you just rather have someone to sit there and bow to you while you die. Why you go broke? 
while your life's broken, your family's broken, your marriage is broken, your lives are broken, your children are broken, and we're all just cuddling each other. Or we start standing. We take the stand and we stand. And we fight the good fight of faith. Someone's got to do it. Are you going to join me? Are you going to be with me? Are you or not? It starts at the level you're at. It didn't, I'm not trying to bring you up my level. I'm not trying to bring you. It starts at the level you're at. Whatever your level at, we're, we're with you and for you, but we're going to help you come forward as we go forward. We're gonna keep, let's keep going up. Let's keep going up. Let's keep going up. But we're not going to look down on you. We're not going to trash talk you. Whatever level you're at, our desire is for you to level up, level up, and let's win this good fight of faith. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. And we believe your word is what gives us the ability to overcome. Not an emotional uh, a speech of, of cuddly words, but truth. Your word is what will set us free. And I believe the moment John got that word that his life was set on the path and direction of I done my work I finished my race. I might be in prison, but I set the standard for the Lord to do his thing. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. And we believe that this day we will never be the same again because of your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, y'all love you guys. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about love life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.